Amen. Thank you, Nicole. You know, we, we tend to romanticize Christmas, and we, we just can't help it. Even those of us who are more logical in nature, there's something about this time of year that, uh, even for the secular world, it's, it's magical. There's something different about Christmas, about this season. You know, we see it all around us. This is a time when stores begin their sales and there's all these things to push us to get to buy more and more things. We, this is a time of year where you receive cards and letters from people you don't receive cards and letters from since last year. This is the time when, when we see things that are different in our life. There's more parties and more get-togethers and family times. We see that in the secular world. And so it makes a difference. This season of the year is special. We see it also in the, the lights that are put up all around the city and on, on houses and in businesses. And I don't know about you, but I, I love Christmas lights. I love to drive around in the neighborhoods and see the different lights. And it, it's funny sometimes because you might have a house and the lights at this one house are just sublime and beautiful and the house right next to it is cheesy. You know what I'm saying? And, and, but, but they all work. It, and, and it's I love all of it. I love all the different lights that we see in this time of year. And I think part of the reason why I like the lights is it reminds us that this season is different from any other time of the year. The lights tell us that this, this time of the year is, is different, that we should be anticipating something more, that uh, there is something special about this time of the year. And it, it, we see it in the lights. You know, in the Gospel of John, when John talks about uh, the light that is to come, that the word uh, of, was God and the word was with God. And he says, the light has come into the world. And he was talking about Jesus, that he is the light of the world. In this time of, of Christmas, in this season of Advent, we have been waiting in expectation for Christmas. Uh, and if you don't know what Advent means, Advent is the four weeks before Christmas. And it's a season in the church where we prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. It is a season in the church where we uh, have great expectation. It is a season of waiting. We don't like to wait a whole lot. But that is what this season is about. And part of this season is what we do is we light candles. Every Sunday we, we light the candle of, of hope and joy and peace and love. And this evening we've lit the sinner candle, the Christ candle, reminding us that Christ is the light of the world. When Isaiah wrote, he was talking about the world is full of darkness. And in our world, even as we come here this night, sometimes we come with chaos. We come with little children who cry. We come trying to get everybody together. We come knowing that not all things are right in the world, but we do come with an expectation that God will make things right. When Isaiah wanted to speak to our deepest longings, the prophet chose light as his symbol, as his symbol for us, because he knew how dark the world can be. See, in Isaiah's time, there were, Isaiah was writing in chapter nine when Nicole read the text from Isaiah. From chapter nine, he was writing to two tribes of Israel. 
He was writing to Zebulun and Naphtali. He's addressing these two tribes because they found themselves in a hopeless situation. These were the two northernmost tribes of Israel. And guess what? When you come to attack Israel, you usually come from the north or south. And most of the time, they were the ones who were attacked first when invading forces would come in. They would be the first to be attacked and the last to have to deal with it. They bear the brunt of any outside force. And when the Assyrians overran Israel, they decided to annex these two tribes. And they were cut off from the rest of Israel. They were separated from their countries and from their families. So what possible word of encouragement can Isaiah offer? What can he say that will reveal hope to them? See, Isaiah believed that the chaos of the world would be answered by the birth of a child. Now, I don't know about you, but when my child was born, it brought chaos. <laughs> right? Families, you understand. Families dealing with children tonight, it, it's not always easy. But for Isaiah, God had given him a vision that the world needed a child. He preached. He said this to these tribes. He said, I know things are dismal. The enemy has killed people you loved and taken your land. But listen to this. A child will be born. This child will make things right. You live in darkness, but take hope for a light is coming. A light is shining. The despair that you experience now will become joy. Your oppressors will be driven away. Their battle gear destroyed. This one who comes to you, he will be a wonderful counselor, acting as a true friend. He will be a mighty God, ruling in power, an everlasting father, caring for you. He will be the prince of peace, bringing harmony to your war-torn country. His kingdom will last forever. Peace will come in this child that will be born. Don't worry. Hope will be revealed. Isaiah framed his vision of his, in his prophecy. He said, a light will overcome the darkness. People will rejoice. The oppressors will be overthrown. And this kingdom of Christ will be peaceful and just. The hurting people of Zebulun and Naphtali, though, they looked around themselves and said, we don't feel any of that. We're not experiencing any of that peace, any of that joy right now. That doesn't look like the world we're living in. But Isaiah responded, it will be one day. It will be one day. My hope will be revealed to you. One day the light will overcome the darkness. You know, we, we sometimes don't pay attention to the dreams as big as Isaiah's dreams and the promises of God that are of peace. We neglect the deepest longings of our hearts because we get caught up in the world around us and we forget the one day that is to come. But Isaiah reveals the hope of the world to us. He says this, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. That is the hope that is revealed to us tonight. 
That is the hope that all of us can have in the midst of the chaos that might be surrounding our world right now. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And then he goes on to say who this light will be. It will be a child, a baby. He says, for a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our hope is revealed in Jesus, the one who is called Wonderful Counselor. Now, I don't know about you, but I need a good counselor to guide me in life. But when I was meditating on this chapter, this prophecy, this promise of this child to come that we see in Jesus, I was struck by the next name given to this child after Wonderful Counselor. What is that name? Mighty God. How strange is that? How could a Jewish prophet say that a child would be named God? That makes no sense. There's only one God. So how could this prophecy, I bet it confounded Isaiah. I bet he scratched his head. This is the mystery of the incarnation. Incarnation meaning God with us. This is the holy mystery of God coming down to earth in the form of a baby. How can a baby be God? That is the mystery. But beyond that, the next name says that this baby is going to be the everlasting father. And beyond that, the prince of peace. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. How could any baby fulfill all of those names and those promises? It is absolutely confounding, isn't it? Those titles look beyond any human. For how can a human be almighty God? This is what Christianity teaches. This is what the prophets of old looked at and said, we don't know how this is going to happen. But this points to Jesus being more than human. He is divine. From Isaiah, it would take approximately 700 years for us to get to the answer of that question. When Luke reveals to the answer to the prophecy given so many centuries before. When Luke says, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. It's an amazing verse. Here we see hope revealed. Like a light that lights up the dark places of our souls. God invites us to believe in this child and the person he grew up to be. To believe in the power of God to bring light into our darkness. And peace to our world. The hope of the world has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And this night we come to remember that hope revealed. The light has come. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, O oh God.
that you have given us the light of the world in Jesus. And this evening as we gather, may we say a silent prayer of thanksgiving. God, as we pray and as we praise you, our minds can hardly comprehend the majesty of Emmanuel, God with us, the incarnation, God dwelling in human form. We thank you for this divine mystery. And we know that you have been revealed to us and you are revealing yourself to us even now. And we anticipate that great day when all darkness will be wiped away. And you will bring everlasting peace. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.